Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome everybody to another week of Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. As many of you maybe saw on the Instagram, I invaded a scooter rally, and it was rad. It was kind of, I like being unknown. I like being the fly on the wall. Some people will say I'm a lurker or I just like, I like to observe things and just kind of see how people treat me. Cause I always try to treat people with a smile and a handshake and like just being in different, you know, not cultures per se, but just a different like sect of the two wheel journey. And I found out about this thing. It was called the land of 10,000 scooter rally. Um, it was supposed anyways, but like, it was funny. Cause like I got that Vespa C G- Jesus Christ. I did almost did it again. I got that Vespa chow going finally. And like, I maybe had 10 miles. On. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to ride 20 miles over to Minneapolis and just go on the 49 CC or less ride. And I got it there. And I think one of my seals are going on that thing now because like, I'm pretty sure everything's all original on that. Cause like it just started dying on me and I had to choke it out and ended up leaving the Friday ride. But Saturday was very interesting. I got um, to the meetup point. Oh, actually it was so ironic because that was my first scooter rally ever within a quarter mile of where I was at my very first moped rally, the casserolers in, in 2018, I think it was. So I just found it was we're pretty close to where Shane Johnson's old um, warehouses were. I thought that was funny, but I learned something about scooter people. They like their rules. They like the rules and they will let you know. And they check like, I'm surprised moped people. I don't think you can enforce this in moped world, but like you had to have wristbands to be there. And like, they were ready to kick people out if they didn't have their wristband to go on the ride. And like, I was the only moped there and I just thought it was funny. And like a few people I kind of recognized from here and there, you know, but those people liked to ride slow. I don't think we broke over 30 the entire Saturday after noon. Um, <laughs> I did get to meet some people who knew of me. Um, some people on one of my test roads are like, do you have other yellow scooters like that i'm like it's a moped but yes they're like are they generally always loud like that one i go it's a moped so yes and they go our little kid loves you you're the yellow you're the yellow scooter guy she calls all the time so some little kid somewhere likes my loud bikes which made me very happy and like it was a couple and we did the whole instagram number exchange which was great um one of the people registering i like she asked me why my voice sound familiar. I said, I had a podcast. She goes, I said, second chance. And I don't think she heard the second part. She said, chance, do you know a mopeder named chance? I'm like, I know of a mopeder named chance from the hell of Satan's. Like I've never met chance. And she's like, yeah. And like her, like, I think she's old school moped lady. I'll have to inquire about that some more, but like, it was all really rad, very friendly people, very straight laced, um, kind of opposite of a moped rally where people cut loose, get rowdy and it's scooter people, dude. What can I say? But, um, 
that was pretty pretty awesome to meet another side of the two-wheeled world in minneapolis and st paul and then the moped a lot of moped people came to the end point and you know, we all assimilated and chit-chat with a bunch of people, and we did about the most punk rock thing you could do, leaving a scooter rally. Unknowing to us, we left going down a one-way. And did we come back? No, we just kind of cut through and finally started going on the right way of traffic, which I thought was hilarious. Um, so everybody knows I had to take a break. I just had to hit the decompression. And like, I was just talking to my guest a little bit. Like, he told me a few episodes he'd listened to, and like, when I first started this podcast, like I honestly went around and asked, like, cause I had the fear that what was going to happen to this podcast is what's, what was going to happen with Brabcast was nobody was going to say yes. So I went around and asking tons of people and I forgot some of the people I asked. So if I ever asked you to be on this, please get back to me. Um, one of those, it doesn't matter, but like this individual has style. And like, it was shit I saw he was doing in his non-mopeding life that I just fucking dug. And I asked him and like, I think I just not blown off, forgot to get back because he said yes. And it was awesome. And this is a part of the country that I need to explore more when it comes to mopeders. But I am going to ask this week's um, guest, pause. We almost screwed up again, kids. Um before we get going gotta get my coffee sip in um i'm gonna ask this week's guest uh to introduce himself i'm uh brad hale from ypsilanti michigan i'm a founding member of the nonos right on see i that makes me so happy because i thought you said something else and i was like what the fuck group was that like i don't know why i did that this is fucking rad this makes me so what, happy. Did the weird titty throw you off? <laughs> no, it was like the FUs or something like that. I thought you said. Well, I mean, no, it's uh, the real name is NSTNFG, which is no shit taken, no fucks given. Okay. That's what you gave me. And that's like, because I had never heard that. Like, because I'll be the first one to admit, dude, like, I love mopeds and I love the people in mopeds. And I'm still learning about all the non-official Grom uh, clubs out there. And like, dude, I fucking, yeah, Wendy is fucking a rock star in my book. Uh, same with your girl, Brooke, who is, I was just, I just got a t-shirt. I bought a t-shirt from her today. Oh, you got one of the uh, summon mopeds on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are great. Yeah. Yeah, she made a lot of cool designs for us. Um it was one that had like uh, a raccoon with like beers in both hands and like wearing some cuts and like, you know, like dancing like they're in a pit at a punk show. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Um, so, Brad, here on Second Chance Moped Podcast, we go through people's moped journeys. What happened? I.e., the very first time they saw a moped, not necessarily getting on, but the first time they conceptually remember that's a moped to like, you know, your metal part progression through your middle part of your journey and what it's like today so brad let me ask you what is your very first memory of a moped not necessarily getting on but the first time you remember understanding that is a moped um oh boy the very first there was uh this coffee shop i hung out with in uh 
in downtown Plymouth, Michigan. And we were just sitting there with a few friends and we saw like, it was like, I think it might've been the guns or Novi left like way back. Oh shit. Probably like Oh three Oh four or something. Mm-hmm. And we we're sitting out there and we were going by this before I had any idea, you know, and, and just kind of like, what the hell are these guys riding these around for? You know, at the time I had no inkling of, I was like, well, that's kind of stupid, you know? And, uh, you know, yes, yes, it is, but that's exactly why it's great. <laughs> Both heads are incredibly stupid, but at the time, that was all it amounted to for me. And you know, it's <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. My initial impression, like I still technically think fat, but I also love them. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. So that was your first impression. Was that your first? When was your first time getting on a moped then? Uh, my friend Jonathan, who was my bandmate's roommate, um, he had a, what was it? It was the early 80s Tomos. He had a golden bullet. Um, and I ripped it up and down the street a few times. And I was like, oh, okay, this is awesome. Like, he lived in an apartment complex. And he would, like, drag it up his stairs and, like, put it in his closet. And his roommates kept yelling at him because the whole apartment smelled like gas. <laughs> but writing his was, like... The- one i ever rode dude i give such props to people having mopeds in apartments like i don't think i would have had the stones i know i didn't have the stones to do that because i never had one in an apartment um yeah dude that's fucking rad so you got on that golden bullet was it just bone stock and tuned or was it poorly tuned that was before any of us knew anything um we later kitted his bike um we put a a pook like small cc i think we put a 60 cc athena piston mm-hmm. port on it and we didn't know anything about gearing <laughs> at that time uh it's just still pretty early on so the second we fired that damn thing up with the athena on it it just instant wheelie machine because it was an a3 and it's yeah literally like fired it up and it just boxed you right off of it but you're still holding the hands and the thing goes vertical and you're just kind of running after it down the street you know <laughs> that's <laughs> so, shit is awesome that was when we learned about gearing yeah yeah <laughs> and then you learn about the a3 first gear and how great they are because i i see they shred only almost motor i'll mess with really the a3 they're beefier yeah they're made of harder stuff man you got a little I... more torque so you could gear them a little higher and carry that torque out that's interesting. Like I know nothing about Tomoses. It's just something I've just never, I never even owned a Tomos. Adopted them either. I don't think I've ever had one of my own, but I've messed helped a lot of people with theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm familiar enough with them, but I've never had one to call my own really. Well, then let's talk about your very first moped. What did? How'd you go about it? What did you do to get it? Um, yeah, what was well, before it? Before I. Before I actually got my own moped, uh, I knew a few people that had scooters that were just like twist and go scooters, just mm-hmm. little Chinese ones, you know. Um, tau, tau, whatever. Fun, and I rode that around and I was pretty quick to learn riding, you know. And then an old bandmate of mine, he had a 150cc scooter that was really cool. And I was visiting him. He was actually living in a motel in Wayne at the time. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, uh, pawn shop down the street they have this bmw moped i'm like huh what <laughs> bmw like uh, like i bet that might be pook and 
you know, I go down there and it's a 77 Maxi Sport. And I wasn't quite sure if that was what I should be looking for at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I call my buddy Chris, who had been trying for years to get me into mopeds. He'd be like, be like, Brad, you should get a moped. It's freaking cool, man. He kept telling me for years and years. And I was a little late to the party, you know, and um, this is about 2009, mm-hmm. I want to say. And I just got paid that day too. And of course, and the guy, there was like the guy who ran the place. And then there was his like grease monkey dude who was like trying to fix it up here. And he could not get the damn thing start. And I was like, well, what do you want for it as is? And he's like two fifty. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. I just got paid. Here you go. Yeah. I took it and, you know, tried forever to get it running on my own. Um, and eventually ended up, meeting people off of like off of Moped Army and I met uh Rodney who ended up being one of the original members of MCR and he helped me get that going. It just had a bad uh solder on the condenser and then okay. it was off and going rocking steady 30 all day. Nice. So we'll we'll just pause here for a second. Like what's your background um at this point when it came comes to mechanics or anything like that? Because that's another thing I find interesting. Like some people come in, yes, I was an ex so and so, and like I framed houses, and like I'm a ASC certified mechanic. And some people are like, my parent, one, my parent was an English teacher, and you know, what I'm saying like the just the backgrounds yeah. that we come in with. Like, what was your background or like growing up like? Uh, well, I'm from a second generation Ford household. Like my dad worked for Ford, his dad worked for Ford, and my great grandpa owned a Harley shop down mm-hmm. in uh, Stone, Kentucky, on, like, the West Virginia border. Um, actually married at Hatfield, so the Hatfields and McCoys is part of my family history. <laughs> Dude, after the that. podcast, I'll have to tell you some of my old-school family history. Like, people, <laughs> like, I, I always feel like I'm repeating myself and interrupting people, but, like, yeah, dude, it was, like, yeah. We always thought my grandpa was crazy, but I do have roots to the Mayflower, so it's fucking nuts, dude. Uh- well, anyway, as far as the like, mechanical stuff goes, um, you know, I took uh, auto tech class when I was in uh, senior year of high school, and that was basically a three-hour block that was half a day. Mm-hmm. So, like, we were in the class for an hour, and then we were out in the shop for two hours. Yeah. Um, and we'd, 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 like, mess around with each other's cars, do stupid stuff. Like, we put a, one of those beeping backup uh alarms on like my 84 mercury grand marquee i had at the time um you know just goofy, goofy little stuff like that every once in a while sometimes we do more major stuff um but before even that my very first car my dad gave me his old uh 78 ford f-250 custom and nice. it had like it was bright red had the high boy package so it was four-wheel drive lifted had like 33 inch Cooper tires on like chrome spotted wheels and like a big white topper, Casey lights on the roof. It was ridiculous. It looked yeah. redneck as hell, but yeah, was I was going to, I was going to say blue colors. Fuck. But yeah, but he gives me this old Ford and it's, a, it's a 78 Ford with the worst engine possible. Um, but he gives it to me and it, you know, it basically got the same speech. Like when a little kid, it's like, oh, I want to get a puppy. You know, it's like, well, it's a lot of responsibility. You know, you got to feed your water, you know. And I basically got the same speech, except, you know, with the car. You got to, 
you know, oh, this is your car now. You got to take care of it. You got to maintain it. You know, you got to fix it when it breaks, you know, <laughs> and you got, you know, this, that, and the other. And dude, you're you a 16 year old kid looking at wheels. You want to get drunk and get laid, dude. You don't, you're not listening to anything. Well, I mean, that, that thing broke all the time. So I got a lot of practice because my first car was a 78 Ford pickup. <laughs> what motor did it have in it? You said it had the worst one. It had the 351 modified. Oh, okay. And it is a cousin to, it, it's part of the 351 Cleveland family, which includes the 351 Cleveland and the 400. Yeah. Either of those are really good engines, but basically what they did with the 351M is it's basically a de-stroked 400. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I've heard of the 351M. I've never heard it referred to as modified. I don't know why, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it, it just, it blew ignition modules left and right, and we eventually figured out it kept doing that because it needed a distributor. I was going to say, those had electrical problems because we, I think we had, I come from like a family that owned a body shop. I come from a Ford family, but I'm a Chevy guy. Um, but like, yeah, well, I, I want something Chevy reliable that works. So, um, yeah, but I like, got, I remember I that a tow truck, it always, it always blow um, distributors. Like all the time, and it had that 351M. Yeah, just the worst motor ever. <laughs> but anyways, we'll get back. So you come from a mechanical family, a huge mechanical background. So you know how to turn a wrench. Um, you get that maxi, even though like you know how to turn a wrench, you still don't know what you're doing. But you got some good people around you to help. Like, what was that like once you finally got it going, going? Like when was your first real smile right on that bike is what I'm wondering. Oh, and what man, year is this? Good. What year is this? Cause I, I'm it kind of a weird stickler for this was, was, that? Uh, oh, this was like 2009. I want to say. Okay. It was when I uh, still had a maintenance gig with U-Haul and uh, yeah, I got that going. I ended up, you know, going out to Rodney's place out in uh, Royal Oak. And this is before, before the no-nos, before MCR, like, you know, I was, you know, in the early stages, I was meeting the people and riding with them that eventually became MCR. So it was a, first, a good few years in there where, you know, I didn't have any group affiliation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Rodney would have, host these rides out from his house. And, you know, we'd go like 60 miles sometimes. Um, but he, you know, I think my big time moped smile like mine was fun and everything. Like I had it stock for a good few months before I, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to get a kid. I'm going to get a puck. I'm going to get a car. I'm going to get all this, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, before I did that, I rode Rodney's uh, kitted pinno he had. It, it was just like, you know, a K-Star 16 shot. And he had like a really cool Leo Vinci pipe on it, but that thing would hit 50 all day. And it was just, the most fun i was like ah this thing feels like it's gonna fall apart but this is so cool yeah yeah i think just uh testing the limits of these old machines is like half a thrill well the thing i i think i'm starting to understand more and more like everybody would kit their bikes back in the day but nobody did a lot of work on the suspension per se like they're still running on the old shocks the old forks and everything like that so like they probably felt like they're going 75 um (laughs) So you got the, you got your bike going, you got, um, 
you rolled that pinto you kind of got a the joy or sensation of speed like did you start the hoarder bug like so many of us can do when it comes to mopeds like i need to get another one i need to get another one or what like and what's the price point adam right now in your area because i realized you guys were especially in 09 it was kind of a mecca for like the moped scene yeah um you know i'm not really sure what the price is going for these days because like so many people just snatch them up right away well i just mean like back then back in like 09 to 010 whatever uh it depended what you got. I mean, one of my bikes that I built into a ripper, I got it like for a hundred bucks, but it was like, you know, just a roller that didn't run at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but back then you could get a runner for like 400 bucks. Okay. So, time, and that would be fair. yeah. So kind of stayed relative to what it almost it is now. I mean, it seems like the last six months to a year, things have kind of gotten crazy, but whatever um what is the like out in the wild what's the prominent bike that you're generally always going to find around at least back then uh around michigan was it just like pook central or oh nine times out of ten you're finding a pook it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. more often than not a pook um one thing i did notice i got on the west side of the state in uh, grand rapids like they just got hobbits like they're just never going to run out. Like it's just hobbit after hobbit after hobbit out that way. And on this side of the state, you got more like Pook and Tomos. Okay. You know, and you got Italian bikes here and there. The Italian ones crop up pretty frequently too. Yeah. yeah. Like I did, maybe it's cause I'm kind of known as a hobbit guy. But like that's all I see out in the wild and a few Pooks and usually, you know, I don't care to buy bikes right now. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to liquidate more so I can probably buy more. Um, you talked about a little bit of riding with a group. Like how was it? How did you like, I'm trying to segue into a better way to ask this, but I'm brain farting right now. Like, had you been in any other clubs before or like how, what was the formula Lenono's or like, want to talk about like kind of your progression in the scene. Well, um, the Nonos started out basically like I'd bring my buddy Chris along and he'd ride like one of my other bikes. Um, so the time I had like, I had multiple runners like a couple years in, you know, um, mm-hmm. I never really got serious on the hoarding things, but, um, you know, my buddy Chris would come out to ride with me and, uh, Rodney's rides and stuff because he lived close by. Uh, he looked way closer to Rodney than me, so I'd bring a second bike and he'd ride that. And one day he just wrote that no shit taken, no fucks given on the back of his vest in Sharpie. And I was like, hey, I like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, this this was a good few years before we ever, you know, really started the nonos proper. Um, but it, you know, it just originally started out with me and my buddy Chris. And that was just the slogan we like. And, um, you know, it's like the, the no-nos like didn't really start till, you know, it kind of kicked into high gear when I met, uh, Andy Struther. And, um, I was running a garage spot out of my buddy Maddie's place. And, um, cause my early years in Ipsy, I had like the cheapest apartment I could get. And then I'd run a garage space and then, 
you know, I'd also have like a rehearsal space where my band would practice. So like, you know, I was moving stuff all the time. So I couldn't really have that many bikes reasonably. Well, what's not that many bikes to you? Oh, because everybody's got a different variant of that. Are we counting bikes in parts? <laughs> we'll just say bikes you parts. physically have to move. <laughs> bikes you physically have to move. Ah, there's about, I mean, not all of them are mine, but in my shed, we've got about oh, seven or eight bikes in there. That's a healthy amount. That's not the, yeah, like I. And then it's off here. I mean, right now, dude, my phone's leaning against one of mine on my <laughs> workbench. Um, then I got like my main runners chilling in here, my Hobbit. Um, and there's a couple your, rollers in front, kicking around in here. I gotta ask, what's your Hobbit setup? DR Proma VM18. Yeah, not very Euro rear. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I was never good at notching variators, so um, like I just bought, you know, aftermarket stuff all the time. Um, yeah, that's that's a combo that'll always get you 45 to 50. Yeah, and that's like all I really care to do anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm kind of going back there. Um, but like you really haven't necessarily got your, you talked about the early iteration of the no, no. It's like, are you, are you hitting any rallies or are the barbecues a thing at this point? Or like, what's your kind of contact with the outside world? You know, I haven't been able to do a whole lot of moped stuff this year. And I mean, I, I mean, like so back, it, like we're still more. like back around 2009, 2010, 12. Like, are you starting to get oh, out? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, back, back then, um, you know, still just kind of dipping a toe with it. And there was like one of the last like bigger guns rallies I went to. Um, and that's where I met uh, Twitch and Brad Potts, who would later be MCR people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I hit it up with them instantly. We were all broke down, and at the time, the guns were renting this. Uh, their their clubhouse space was like in this office space uh, by the airport in Ann Arbor, and it was it was so interesting that that was their spot because it was not like a garage. It's <laughs> just like this big like office building. <laughs> and we were all trying to work out what was going on with our bikes, and this was. Uh, when I like not long after I just got like my first top tank build, like one off top tank build running and it was like backfiring. And turns out like the setup I had just did not like this, uh, this foam air filter I had. And then as soon as we got going again and we took off, my bike started backfiring again. It backfired so hard that it blew that foam filter apart. And then it was fine. And fine the rest of the time. <laughs> was like, All right. I guess it's like that. Was that a curse of the VM20? No, that was a PHBG. That was okay. my first time running a PHBG. And we were homemade into, made out of a piece of handle bar. Oh, yeah. Those are always fun. Um, what? So you, you hit one of the guns, right? He's like, what's the farthest you've been out just in your overall career of mopeds? How far have you traveled to go to a rally? Uh, I went to New Orleans twice. What? Um, what's that? What's seven Chevy van down there? Blew up the radiator on the hmm. way down. Um, and the next time we took it, it took like a day and a half to get back because it kept tossing the alternator belt, and I kept getting out and fixing it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, it's yeah, I hear you on that one. Um what's the what's one of your more fun rallies you've been to? Uh, that is in New Orleans. That is <laughs> that, you can, that you can talk I mean, about. I mean, my first my first big one uh, always really stands out to me. Um, that was two thousand or eleven. I think it was two thousand eleven. Um, we it, we went out to Milwaukee for the Cranks rally, and we. Uh, we rode from Milwaukee to Chicago and then did the Chicago rally. So that was like a, I think that was a bit longer than your usual three day weekend. I think it yeah. was like a like five, four or five day thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really wanted to ride, you know, my bike and I had my van and trailer and uh, me, my buddy Chris was with me. And so was uh, uh, Ben Cranky who was, you know, also like an mcr early mcr guy uh we all rode in my van uh and used like my dad's atv trailer to pull our mopeds nice. and uh yeah that was that, that was a good one but you know i had we had to find someone to drive my van because none of us wanted to drive we all wanted to ride into chicago hell um, yeah so this dude i'd like just met like you know like maybe had a beer with him the night before and, like <gasps> He's like, oh, yeah, I'll drive your van. I was like, all right, whatever. You know, <laughs> to my van. You <laughs> drove my van and trailer, you know, played Chase for the ride. Um, you know, and I nearly made it the whole way into Chicago, too. Um, and I lost the top nut off of my uh, my fork triple tree. Ooh. And then I hit a good few Chicago. I was like, come on, we can make it. We can make it. We're almost here. A few blocks away um i you know i noticed the nuts gone and we're hitting all these giant chicago potholes and then we come to a stop and i hit the brakes and the forks just like tilt tilt forward because the plate had completely come off the tube oh <laughs> so i bent him back in the in the hot and ready shop and i realized uh the curvature of the ebr forks like ran into my uh my top race so i had to like grind it out so it would actually not catch on it and let me tighten it down all the way right on <laughs> now is that in the old day of the castle that is so famous that was that was a really cool spot yeah, yeah um i was gonna ask you something else and i totally blanked it out um so you talked about a little bit of the early conception what made you decide to form the no-nos or had you had been had not to talk i mean we don't need to pick up old wounds or anything like that or talk smack but like had you done anything like thought about joining any other moped clicks at that point or well there were um because i know michigan uh, there's like 500 clubs mcr was starting up around then and you know i'd hung out with the zeros too and there were a few other groups I'd been around, but, you know, people kept, uh, you know, several groups had asked me if I wanted to prospect for them. And I just came to this point where I was like, you know, you know, the guns were kind of on their way out as soon as I was getting into it. So I was like, you know, they were the closest to my locale, like Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti are like sister cities. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, there isn't really a group around here. So like, 
I appreciate it, but I'll pass because, you know, I just thought if I was going to join a gang, I'd rather start one than just join one. And that's kind of how it came to be. Like, you know, it, it didn't really start to get, get to be a bigger group until, like I was saying earlier, I was renting my buddy Maddie's garage and um, Andrew Struther and I met because his uh, his roommate mixed up uh, me and my friend Jim, who I used to just hang out with and wrench on mopeds back in the day. And Joe got us mixed up and he's like, oh yeah, you should, you should hit up Brad Hale. And, you know, we both, me and Jim both wrench up on mopeds anyway at the time. So it wasn't really that big of a mix up, but <laughs> he's like, yeah, my roommate Andy's got like all these mopeds in the basement. Um, you know, he had like a bunch of Marinis and Minarellis. Um, so we ended up meeting up and we're like, yeah, let's get some of these going or see if we can part them out or whatever the hell. And we started hanging out and messing with these all the time. And, you know, we started just trying to get more people around. We'd like put flyers up to see if people would want to meet up, take an interest in it. We tried to like round up other multi people in the area and, you know, slowly, little by little, it started to, uh, started to grow. You know, and that was around 2011. Right and on. I think it was 2013 we had the first uh, known as rally. So the, the group grew pretty quickly um, once Andy uh, was in the fold. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you, what was that first rally planning like for you? <laughs> Absolute chaos. <laughs> <laughs> We're, like, we didn't even really have a route. Um, we, We've always had it at our, our friend Nina's sister and brother-in-law's place, which is not far from Miscellany. It's about eight miles south of town, but it's, like, out in the sticks. Like, it's, like, farmland. Mm-hmm. And big, big, big backyard. Just, like, plenty of room to sell vehicles and tents back there. And, you know, it was great. And they had a big burn pile because her brother-in-law does, um, like, commercial lawn maintenance, so they get, like, just tons of brush and stuff back there and just put it all back there and we just burn it every year for the rally. Um, but yeah, the first one was, was crazy. Like we provided everyone that came to the first rally. <laughs> we called it the dumps. Uh, at the time, uh, me and Andy were roommates and both shared a garage space and we would, I was still back into doing scrap metal. We just go around on garbage night and we would just get all sorts of crap. Like we'd go around and trash pick, find scrap metal. Um, Cause we were just two broke ass dudes. And one day I'm like on my way home from work and Andy's like, dude, 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 you got to come down Ballard street. Like meet me over here on Ballard. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay, dude. And there's this house that someone got evicted from. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's like three trash cans full of this homemade wine and it's all dated it's all dated like you know between like five to ten years old all of it and they were all different for like white wines it was there were a few rosés those are the only ones that were actually tasty but like it was just basically it was basically vinegar with the strength of brandy i was gonna (laughs) say it's fucking moonshine with a hint of taste of some oh yeah shit Uh, everyone got one (laughs) <laughs> and we still had some to spare. Everyone who came got one with admission. Some people got so drunk, like Dave B from uh, 
decons got so trash off that stuff he missed the ride the next day completely that sounds about right <laughs> yeah i mean it was that stuff was just next level that's that stuff just got everyone so blasted <laughs> it had time to cure yeah i mean and then you know that saturday we go on a, the first ride and we hadn't really like we had like a loose idea like we looked over the map of the area and it's like, you know, we get to the first stop once we're off the, the dirt road that the property was on. It's like, all right, well, what do we do? Like, I don't know. Go, go right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of winged it from there, really. Yeah. Well, it's I've been, I've been to rallies like that, like Moped Spring Break. That was a, that was kind of a wing it kind of deal. Like Amanda did such a great job, except for the last like four miles of planning that route she didn't realize we were going on the highway um that was fun that was fun (laughs) um so at what point did you you talked about like no-nos were around for a couple years like how many people were actually in the no-nos when you um decided to throw a rally and what even made you want to throw a rally was it just kind of other groups kind of pressuring you to do it and you said fuck it or um, we just kind of wanted to do one because we mm-hmm. thought we could do a good job of it. Um, we thought we could, you know, make it fun for everyone more than anything. That was kind of our main thing is we just want people to have a good time. It was, it was crazy because a lot of people we'd never met showed up from way out of state and they're people that came back every year and we've all been good friends with since. Nice. Um, I'm kind of bummed out. I was going to, I had way too many issues with my bike. I was going to come to your last one, but just shit happened. I wasn't able to make it. Um, hopefully you guys have one here in the next year or so. Uh, we're hoping what, to in 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is some, you can list is you can have fun with this, but, and you already talked about one thing, like not having a route for a rally. What's some of dumber things you've done in mopeds dumb funny dumb cool or just i can't believe i did that oh definitely going on that death trap velodrome in detroit (laughs) (laughs) why don't you explain that i've seen pictures of it but why don't you explain that to people who don't know what it is it's an embanked track um so it's it's in detroit at like I think it's mound and outer drive i want to say but anyway there was there's this group in in detroit called the mower gang they would go around and mow public areas that no longer had funding to be mowed and they were just out there mowing this park and then they find this velodrome and they're like oh my god this is a freaking racetrack you know it was it was made for bicycle racing initially um but you know you could kind of get away with putting mopeds on it but you know there's a between turn three and four on it they tried there was this part that had separated like two of these slabs of like cracked and separated and there was this big like three to four inch difference in them and someone tried to like kind of bevel it with some uh black top patch and, mm. and it was in the lower part of the bowl so you had the high side between that one part otherwise you bottom <laughs> out your suspension so <laughs> um I'm in a race there one year and it wasn't like there were some official races there, but I went to one that was hosted by the local mini bike group and there were guys on scooters and minis. Um, they had like different heats going on and 
I was doing pretty good on this pinhole build I'd just done. And my uh, my chain tension changed between heats. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And then I adjusted it and did my next heat. And uh, that part where I was talking about you have the high side, I'm like gunning at full throttle. And I'm like going to take this high side of the ramp. And I'm trying to steer lat back into the bowl. Uh, for some reason, I just get slingshot right out of that track. Oh, no. And they had been saying all day for people to move their cars because they were parking right next to the track. And I heard of this story. Yeah, I just heard. Oh, God, dude. No. There was, there was really sweet, like, Chevy Bel Air, like, painted Chevy orange and shit. And I'd, like, yeah. come out of the bowl. I'm looking straight at it. I think, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to smash that sweet car, you know? And I tried to steer past it. And I uh, ended up hitting the thing on the tail fin of my entire left side. Got beat up as hell. I fractured uh, a bone in my arm. Yeah. Didn't need surgery. But I had, like, several big bruises, like, by my hip and, like, on my chin. And, oh, that's a bummer, you know, dude. And I cut my uh, my chin wide open. Even with the beard and everything, I needed, like, two internal stitches uh-huh. and, like, five external stitches. Like, you could see my salival glands when I talked um yeah a big patch out of my beard and then i cut my beard off um this was like fall 2013 yeah but you know i was uh you know i couldn't work couldn't play guitar for like three months because i was in a cast and uh everyone in the group put on this fundraiser for me and that helped me uh keep the bills paid until uh until i was able to you know get back to work and all that yeah, yeah, my guy, that's fucking rad. That you know, it's amazing what the moped community. And I just like, I'm sorry, I interrupted your story for a second because, like, I was just I'm with. K- well, I was just with um the zeros and Kalamazoo group. They did their meet in the middle ride, and like that, it wasn't like good or bad, but somebody brought that up when Brad Hale fucking flew out of Melodrone in Detroit, like. Cause they brought that up and like, that's all it was really like, Oh, that sucked. Like that. Yeah. That's what I was like. Oh my God. Yeah. I put two and two together. Um, yeah. That's yeah, a bummer. Andy Get- Scott drove me to the, uh, drove my van with me in it to the hospital. <laughs> I heard you didn't want to go. Uh, yeah, but I was like barely conscious from the pain. Yeah. So they weren't about to listen to me and, uh, yeah, I, I, wish someone would have gotten that asshole's insurance information no one thought to do that but i can't say i blame them for not thinking of that but that would have helped because i've been ducking those calls for years (laughs) (laughs) yeah i got uh andy is fucking such a nice guy (laughs) um yeah all those guys all those guys really yeah made me feel at home that weekend um so what is your favorite build you've done on for mopeds? You you've been around long enough. You put bikes together. Like, what's the favorite your bike that you just you think about? Like, fuck, I love that bike. And did you ever sell it? Um, well, I've done a lot of those. Um, you know the one I wrecked at that race. I really liked a lot, and I only got a chance to ride it for a few months. Mm. Uh, it was a it was a pinel frame. I put like a a Moby long seat on it. And it had a it had a Chrysler tank on it. Yeah, yeah. With like the, those were like the Ninja Big Boy Scepter tanks. Like those things hold like about two gallons. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and it, I painted it on. I painted it Ford blue because it's Pino, so why not paint it Ford blue? Exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was it was a great bike. It was a lot of fun. Um, pretty pretty simple build, nothing too crazy, but like, you know, I rode it at Salute Your Ports, and I was like, uh, I was like a traffic spotter during that rally mm-hmm. with that bike, and you know, I, I at least got one a, a, a good rally or two or three in with it before I wrecked the hell out of it. one thing i remember clearly was like the people who came over to me after i came off that bike they thought i was dead they (laughs) thought i was fucking dead um they came over and i'm just like oh i'm like rolling around writhing in pain i'm like oh my god like what the hell i was like (laughs) laying there and i'm like oh what's going on with my bike and i hear scott and he's like Let's not worry about that right now, buddy. Um, <laughs> and this other guy, Adam, uh, was there. He was like, damn, dude, you can take a hit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you can take a I hit. That's too funny. Um, that could have went a lot worse, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely could have. Um, yeah. I think we've all had those instances in mopeds if you've ridden enough miles. Um, what's a lot like? What's the long? You already said longest. Um, you talked about your favorite bike. Like, what? What's it like being a no-no today? Um, are you guys doing group rides, or is it just kind of on pause right now because of the Rona? Um, I mean, me personally, I have not been nearly as active with mopeds this year as I would like to be. I mean, it's mostly because I've been I've been busy with like other projects I've had. Um. A lot of them with like four wheel vehicles and like trying to finish my garage project I started last year. Um, I still have to like finish parts of that. So the big, yeah, it's just the last year has been kind of just kind of a bummer because like the, the the biggest thing about about mopeds is like the social aspect and mm-hmm. with with like being next to gone because like most you know so many people are like oh I don't want to go not everyone's vaccinated or this that or the other thing. Um, you know, didn't do hardly anything with it last year. We had a few local rides last year. We did, um, you know, and there's some other locals who aren't no-nos, but like, you know, friends of ours that have been hosting rides again uh, this year, but I haven't got a chance to get out to any of them as yet this year. Like, I've been out riding a few times, but uh, if it gives you an idea how much I've rode this year. Um, the gas in my Hobbit is so old that now every time I go to ride it, it clogs the idle jet. So oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like yeah, get out riding a little bit, my guy. Um, yeah. But that's me. I just like it feels weird. Like Tuesdays are weird for me because I I just love to ride and like I don't ride on Tuesdays because I'm usually doing some stuff after work and then I got to do this. So like I feel weird all day Wednesday. Like. And I had, there's that, everybody knows that one tree, at least in the North that turns before the other trees. And like, I saw that one tree on my ride home today, starting to get lighter. I'm like, oh no, fall's coming. Maybe I'm just being paranoid. Like, um, what things do you got planned for the rest of the year for mopeds? Are you just kind of staying stagnant right now until things kind of get back to normal ish? Um, no, I mean, like, I'm not let, personally letting any of the, 
you know, any of the, you know, Corona stuff hold me back at this point. I mean, like I got my shots and everything. If that's not what worries me. It's just, I've just still got, got so much else going on that I just haven't, you know, you know, you get busy with work and then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I don't want to have to like motor my bike and go here, you know, after work. <laughs> the motivation hasn't been there because I've already been like a year with, without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can happen to the best of us. I can't lie. Uh, I, I, some like i said i say i like to ride all the time but you know there's times where i struggle like i might not touch a bike for a week or two but then like i get going crazy like that two-wheel therapy always helps that's why I, I can if i can encourage you for anything mr brad and you know that without me saying that at all um do you got any big plans for 2022 do you talked about the no-nos possibly do, holding a rally yeah we you know we've talked shit about it uh amongst ourselves and you know sooner we start planning it better because we would like it to be a big deal like the place that we usually hold the rally um apparently they they dug out like a like a small dirt bike track that was made for like kid dirt bikes mm-hmm. so that has potential to be a lot of fun <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah especially get a few dirt peds or even just regular mopeds on there that'd be red as hell um oh yeah I am half-heartedly looking for a cheap TX50. So if you know of any, we'll talk. Um, let me, I got to do some business. Oh, what was that? Is that the mini Tom? The yeah. Yeah. I, I got on one in richmond this summer and like i kind of half-assed fell in love with it uh justin from the rebel rousers has one i'm just like god damn and like i garrett from the casserolers up here i reinforced his frame and extended his swing arm and all that stuff for him a couple years ago and it was some of the worst welding i'd done in years but there's still you know holding up i i always get nervous doing side projects for other people i trust my stuff for me but like i always remember that whole thing like you could kill them if you do this wrong jim so like that's that's always that that always makes me nervous um let me do some of my business here if you want to look us up on the instagram we are here at second chance pod if you um facebook and second chance a moped podcast we're group and page and all that stuff if you have any suggestion for shows people all that good stuff second chance moped at gmail.com second chance moped at gmail.com i always forget to do that brad so like we'll just throw that in here right now is there um anything you'd like to as we kind of wrap up a little bit is there any instagrams or anything like that um you would like to direct people well we do have the uh the nono's facebook group it's uh nst slash nfg um that's our public page but i'll be honest that's this mostly raccoon memes <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah our our uh our instagram for the for the moped gang is no no moped crew um and mine my personal one is slow motion for all and it's uh a number four and three l's at the end yeah yeah um, I, yours is a really awesome follow um you have a style from 1974 that i absolutely fucking <laughs> love um I love those cabinets. I'm 
people in the podcast land can't see this, but like the cabinets Brad has in, in his workshop, they're fucking rad as hell. Um, you do, and we'll kind of dive away from the moped side a little bit. Uh, you talk about different bands you've been in. What like music do you play as Brad slowly um, takes a swing of beer? Well, to put it into perspective, my uh, my Instagram handle is uh, a modest mouse reference. Okay, to the song called City. What was that? Um, you, you broke up for a second. Oh, it's it's a reference to a modest mouse song called A Different City. Okay. Um, and that's you know, like uh, this the stuff I play has a big lean towards like old modest mouse and like like early late nineties, uh emo and post hardcore stuff, kinda mm-hmm. like that. But it's all kinda got like I don't know, kinda got like a classic rock kind of feel. Um but my band's called Shindig Machine. We played at uh, the last no no's rally. Right on. Uh, and everyone enjoyed it a lot. But you know, we've got our, our album streaming on Spotify and Apple Music and whatever streaming service you got. So Yeah. Do you wanna say what? your band's name yeah. again for the audience in case they didn't catch it the first time? Oh yeah, we're called Shindig Machine. Right on, dude. That's a fucking rad name. Um, hopefully you guys get together and play a few moped events for us. Um I can't thank you enough for coming on and being patient with me as we had a few technical difficulties early on and um still coming on. I might be up your way uh Labor Day weekend, so definitely I'll have to get a hold of you. Um you Brad, because you've been on Second Chance Moped Podcast. Uh, next year if there's a rally in minnesota or anytime you want to get away you always have a place to stay at my house um come on up we'll fucking rip hobbits all over st paul hands down the best city to ride mopeds in the midwest i will throw that gauntlet down there because they have some of the smoothest roads in like i was i loved riding in the irish hills of michigan absolutely beautiful but absolutely like minimum maintenance style blacktop roads like those things were just they were they're they're a little rough they were a little rough but fun as hell <laughs> but, yeah i've i've been to minnesota before and they do take much better care of their roads than michigan does yeah but well, it's, be, it's will, beautiful up in michigan our roads are shit here bud <laughs> <laughs> get those ebr hydros you'll be fine um again i can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast uh, we'll chit chat for half a second afterwards, but don't forget, Brad, mopeds are dumb. They most certainly are. All right, my guy. Talk to you.